and we are live with another edition of the All Gas No Break Sports Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Nicholas Pavona, joined alongside once again by Andrew Johnson. And Andrew, boy, have we had a red-hot start to the MLB offseason. Some big trades have happened. A big-name free agent has also signed the biggest one on the entire market. Some other moves as well have helped some teams get into potentially a pitcher trying to get into that World Series title run maybe next year like the Texas Rangers has had this year. But a lot to unpack so far, and there are still some big-name free agents left out there. Absolutely. Just because you strike out on a couple different players, pun intended, doesn't mean you can't hit a home run late in free agency. We've seen time and time again uh, with arbitration going on in the winter months and even just guys getting signed right before spring training starting in February. So you can still make a splash. Listen, I know a couple guys got signed. You really want to make a splash, yada, yada. But there's still a lot of good players out there. And to be honest with you, there's a lot of players that can turn you in from a contender to like a World Series favorite at that point. Yeah, and a team that has been in World Series contention for a couple of years now and even won themselves a championship, whether you consider that a championship or not, um, really ha- gave themselves a great opportunity going into this next upcoming season and potentially for years to come for getting this big-name free agent, the guy that's been the talk of the town for this LB free agency. That's been Shohei Otani. Um, we knew that there was some rumors that maybe he was going to be a Toronto Blue Jay Maybe he'd be an Atlanta Brave. But ultimately, Shohei Otani is staying on the West Coast, but he's going to the other side of Los Angeles. He's going to sign with the Los Angeles Dodgers, a record-setting 10-year, $700 million contract, certainly unheard of in the world of baseball. Um, a lot of deferrals going on to this contract, which will give the Dodgers an opportunity to keep adding into their free agency for this season. But now the Dodgers get Otani. Obviously, he's got an injury for this season, so he'll only be batting this year, no pitching. But for the remaining nine years of this contract, hopefully without barring any other injuries, Otani will be not only a hitter, but a pitcher for this Los Angeles Dodgers team. Absolutely. And here's the thing with uh, with Otani and this whole signing. 10 years, 700 mil. I know you mentioned the deferments, but can we finally acknowledge that this whole luxury cap system is not working in baseball? Well, Otani's contract is more than eight other MLB teams right now. Yeah, the entire the entire payroll from starting pitchers, the bullpen, uh, backup guys, starting nine, platoon guys, whatever it is, more than eight other teams, more than a quarter of the league. You know what's a funny stat that I saw about uh, Otani's contract? I saw one where it said Otani makes eight hundred k, and I think two days. For just that, and Brock Purdy, who right now could be considered to be the NFL MVP right now for the 49ers, that's his entire salary for an entire year. Yeah, I mean, it's always been known that the money has been in baseball and basketball, not so much football. That's why Shaquille O'Neal, famous Los Angeles Lakers center, famously switched from football to basketball because he saw what he said was scrubs that he, when he was in college, when he was in high school, he knew I were better than those guys playing the NBA, and they're getting paid how much? So that's why I stopped playing football and went to basketball. But baseball money is just getting out of hand. We fought three, 360 mil for Aaron Judge, also known as Arson Judge to some Giants fans, huh. was ridiculous. We fought the contracts for Mookie Betts were ridiculous. This is Mike just Trout. a whole nother – Mike Trout. This is a whole nother stratosphere now. And Even Patrick Mahomes in football. But yeah, this is – this is it now. This is like, you know, talk about like when you want to say billion dollar player, this is the closest you're getting to it right now. 
And I'm sure 20 years from now, there is going to be a billion-dollar player, but for probably the next 10, 15 years, this is going to be the contract everyone talks about, and it's going to be a case study going forward. Because I believe if Rob Manfred wanted to be a good commissioner of baseball, which he won't because he hates the game, he would put in a salary cap to prevent stuff like this from happening. Because, listen, I realize you're going to penalize him with the luxury tax and get hit, yada, yada, all that stuff. When you have more money than God, which some of these owners do have, this is water under the bridge because the money they're going to get from the concession stands. Every Dodger game is going to be packed. Yeah. No matter what. It is going to be. It could be a Tuesday afternoon, 12 o'clock, 12.08 start. You're going to have 40,000 fans in there. It does not matter. Right. It, it, you're not going to because he's going to it's going to be a tourist attraction now. Kind of like how people want the Las Vegas Raiders to be a t- t- tourist attraction where people come into town to see that team. That's what it's going to be because you're going to have the greatest starting nine in baseball probably in the last 80 years. Correct me if I'm wrong, Nick. It's going to be up there. They have a formidable lineup to say the least and they showed it this, this is, year. This reminds me of the Otani. 1940s Yankees. That's what it reminds me of. The 30s and 40s Yankees before World War II, that's what it reminds me of. Yeah, this is a, this Dodgers team is going to be insane next season. Um, you look at their lineup, they have Betts, Otani now, Freddie Freeman, Will Smith, Muncie, Altman, and Gavin Lux, Chris Taylor, Jason Hayward. It really looks like to be their starting nine next season. And they got to be right now the consensus like favor to win the World Series next season, but excuse me, I have a little bit of a cough right now, but if if you see what has happened with the Dodgers the last couple of years is their failure in the postseason to try to get over the hump. They did win the title in 2020. That's why I brought up if you really count that as a world title or not. Some people don't believe it. I know you are of that belief as well. And they need to finally try to get over this hump. And I think adding Otani obviously adds a lot to his plate. This guy has never been in the postseason before, so we don't know what he will be in the postseason. But to get a guy that can do the stuff that he does with his pitching ability, can hit 40 to 50 home runs a season, the Dodgers are right now in a great position right now to win not only one but multiple world championships. Yeah, take a look. Listen to this projected starting lineup. Obviously, one to nine right here. Uh, leading off, Mookie Betts, Shohei Otani, Freddie Freeman, Will Smith, Max Muncie is your five man. Max right. Muncie for a lot of teams would be the key power guy. Like you, you want a home run, great, Max Muncie, right? You're gonna put him in your three spot, your four spot because there's a really good chance he's just gonna knock that ball right out of the park. The Dodgers like. Yeah, I think he'd be pretty good middle of the pack, like middle uh, middle of the order. That's insane. You're talking about a guy that he's two years removed from, you know, batting 250 and almost and having 35, 36 home runs in a season. Fifth hitter in the lineup. Chris Taylor, uh, James Altman, Chris Taylor, Jason Hayward, Gavin Lux. Gavin, if Gavin Lux is the worst player in your lineup, Good luck to other teams. And I know we always say this each year with the Dodgers, but we would always say they'd have some sort of choking potential because it, it seems every year either batters, the bats get cold or the pitching gets cold. Something seems to happen. But what's the probability that all of these guys get cold? Well, I think it comes down to this is now make or break for Dave Roberts, who has a championship under his belt. But I would fire if, him, but that's besides he, the point. 
if he can't get it done now with adding Otani, then then there's going to be some, um, you know, the conversations about finding that manager that's going to get this team another world championship. But, man, that, that was... When I saw the number, I thought that was insane. I thought that was a typo at first. Because you would think with the injury... I'm curious what would have happened if he didn't get injured. What would he have gotten if he was just fully healthy for next season? He, would have gotten a, he probably would have gotten close to a billion dollars. Yeah, it's it's an unbelievable number. And, because here's the thing. This is them, yeah. not to cut you off. This no, is them pricing in that, okay, he may not come back to form pitching-wise. But he'll probably be able to pitch in some sort of... Um, in some sort of form or fashion, if the injury never happened, I think he's a billion dollar player. This is just some. This is the Dodgers hedging their bets is seven hundred million dollars. And to think the Dodgers, with the deferrals that I brought up earlier, they can still make another big splash in free agency, and they're trying to sign Yamamoto to add with Otani for, for that rotation. So they are still in on the market for for another splash in this free agency. So. Don't keep your eye. Don't uh. Don't count the Dodgers just yet for trying to get some more, make some more moves in this off season. I know. I I can't believe we're we're talking about this. It makes so much sense because we were talking about other teams. He was gonna stay West Coast. We didn't know exactly what he was gonna do, but we all thought the Dodgers weren't gonna be possible because how can they pay him? And Hell. yeah, and the, and they just came out with an update about his contract. He's deferring sixty eight of his seventy million dollars annually every season over the course of the ten years for the Dodgers. That's that's kind of insanity. Yeah. And what I will say, if this does backfire, he is going to be uh, his great grandchildren will be celebrating Shohei Otani Day like Bobby Bonilla does every year for the Mets yeah. uh, years from now. Yeah, but hey, listen, if the Dodgers can win multiple titles, I don't think they'll care. Because it, it's different when you have a contract like that and you don't win anything. But if you can win championships, but despite you know giving all that deferred money, they will not care at the end of the day. So it's all going to come down to now the Dodgers have to capitalize. They got they've gotten the biggest fish in the pond. Now they need to go out and capitalize, and they're still not done. As I mentioned, they're still looking to get some other free agents. Maybe they land one of the free agents. We'll pre- try to predict later on the show as to where they'll go, but. Not only that, Johnson, with the signing of Otani, there's been some other signings as well in this free agency, but there's also been some trades, and two of them in particular happening for my team, the New York Yankees. And I know this was another big guy that was probably, in a lot of people's opinion, the second favorite, you know, second biggest player out there on the market, even though he wasn't a free agent, and that being Juan Soto. And there was rumors that Soto to the Yankees was pretty much a lock. At one point, it fell through, and it looked like maybe the Blue Jays were going to swoop in and try to grab him. So it's been a rough free agency so far for Toronto, to say the least, as the Yankees were able to get back into the pitcher and were able to make a trade with San Diego. They acquired not only Juan Soto, but they also get Trent Grisham from the San Diego Padres, and in return, they send Kyle Higashioka, Michael King, Stephen Kolick, I'm sorry, not Stephen Cole. He was a. I looked at. Um, he was in the Rule Five draft. Apologies. Let me let me rephrase the trade. Kyle Higashioka, Michael King, Johnny Brito, Randy Velasque, uh, Randy Vasquez, and Drew Thorpe were the five players going to the Padres. A seven-player deal for the New York Yankees and Padres in this one, and it's it was pretty much simple. The Padres are in in a situation where they have to get rid of some money because of some issues with ownership and all that, and. 
Soto was the, was the essential guy out on this one. He only has a year left on his deal, so he will be a free agent at the end of this season. So the Yankees are hoping that this move can potentially get them back into the playoffs, maybe even to a World Series championship. And they're obviously hoping to bring him back with the a contract extension. But as for me, obviously I'm ecstatic about the move. But for a non-Yankee fan, Johnson, what do you think this does for the Yankees? Not only that, but they did make another trade, which we'll get into a little bit. Well, I think it gives them the best uh, I'm going to allude to something else here, but it gives them the best outfield in uh, in in the MLB, and that says a lot with teams uh, such as the Braves that have Acuna or Michael Harris in their uh, in their outfield. So I think this solidifies the fact that they have the greatest outfield, and they should be favorites in the AL. You again, we assume everyone is going to be healthy. There are no injuries, but we do not live in a perfect world. So take these uh, the, take this analysis. The yeah, yeah, take this analysis four months from opening day with a grain of salt. That the Yankees should be favorites to win or at least contend for the AL East with Baltimore. And they yeah. should look to win at least 90 games because they won 80, what, five games, 84 games? They won 82 last, and 80 last season. 82. You were one game, pretty much two games above 500. You have to assume that Juan Soto's worth about five to six wins on his own. I think that's a fair analysis, right? Yeah. I think that's so fair. You, you figure he puts you at 87, 88 wins. And with this other trade, you assume you get up to 90, which will continue for at least a wild card spot, maybe the AL East title. And remember, Judge, when the Yankee, when Judge was healthy for the Yankees, the Yankees were one of the best teams in baseball. Judge goes down, they start losing significantly, their offense goes to crap, and it led to some coaching firings, it led to lineup changes, and all that really went... <laughs> Let the people not buy really, chicken really, buckets. Exactly. It really just hurt the Yankees at the end of the day. And you're hoping that Juan Soto can help you. Yeah, so I am excited to see this lineup. It's uh, and what I don't get is it's kind of cringy on social media. Maybe you can explain this to me. Why did they say "Welcome home, Juan Soto" when he's from the Dominican Republic? Can you, can well, you explain that to me? Well, he wants. He's been wanted. It seems like he's kind of wanted to play in uh, New York for a while. Yeah, but it's not his home. I mean, like, listen, I know there's a large Dominican population here and in the Bronx. Like, he'll fit right in at home. The culture will be here for him. But to say "Welcome home," eh. Don't, well, I, I, don't, think, I, don't, I don't really get it. I think it's just more the fact that the Yankee fans are very desperate to see some consistent offense, and they really have looked for someone to be that, you know, not a set, like quintessential second guy to Aaron Judge because it was supposed now, to be Giancarlo Stanton. It hasn't worked out. You're, they're hoping Stanton can have another good season this year. I'm, I have pretty much no faith at this rate. Hopefully he does have a good year. But Soto could be that consistent guide to help Aaron Judge in the lineup. So here's my question for you, and this is completely hypothetical, and I think this is a good one because I was going to say, I think if you did that for Mike Trout, that would be a little bit more acceptable. But here's my here's my question for you now. Trout is an Eagles fan, right? Yeah. An Eagles fan. He's from the South Jersey, Jersey, as we know. As we know, now I mean South Jersey, he's from South. He's closer to Philadelphia than he is, is the Bronx. Right. If you trade for Mike Trout, would you say welcome home, Mike Trout? That's my question to you. Uh, are you saying that because he's an Eagles fan? No, I'm saying that because listen, it's uh, I think. He, oh yeah, no, they would say that. He's way closer, but he's an Eagles fan. He's more kind of around Philadelphia than New York. I feel like Philadelphia has more of a claim to Mike Trout than uh, than than the Yankees would. But I feel like if that was the guy to do, I think that's a little bit more appropriate when you're getting a, a star-studded outfielder like that. I think it's more the fact that the Yankees are. Like you gotta think about this. Also, social media. 
with him being on a one-year deal, you're trying to entice him on wanting to play here for the Yankees for essentially the rest of his career. The Yankees want to make sure that, that Soto's last years as a baseball player are with the Yankees. He's only 26 years old. Remember I mean, that as well. If it goes well, you'll have him here for all his golden years, and you'll have him for his twilight right. years as he's well. He's still very young. He's still in his prime years. He's still I, young. I would argue he hasn't even entered his prime. I would. I don't disagree with that, honestly. That, I would that, argue I that, over the next two years, he'll be entering his prime. I think that's the beauty of this deal for the Yankees. Now, the only thing that could hurt them at the end of the day is obviously if he goes to another team at the end of the offseason. But that's why you're hoping that you have a really good season this year. You would Tyson to want to play longer. Maybe you can even sneak out a world championship if possible. And then he's going to say to himself, hey, we got a great thing going right here. We have a really good roster. We could potentially win multiple world championships with this team. I want to come back and play for this team. And that's what you got to do because, uh, listen, this is usually a strategy used by small market teams like my Marlins or a small market team like the Rockies. You want to make them feel like home. New York, you could offer him the world. You could offer him the finest restaurants in Manhattan. You could offer him the best entertainment that the world has to offer outside of Vegas. And listen. And the culture is here for him. I think at the end of the day, listen, I realize he was in uh, in California for a year. He was in Washington. They both have big Dominican populations, but no no other state in the country has a Dominican population like they do in, in, in New York. So I think him... Seeing all the fans, you know, he'll be able to talk in in his dialect with with a lot of different fans walking through the streets in New York. He'll be appreciated. It's going to be an, a, right. another level for him. So I feel like that will uh, help him out a lot as well. And I think the biggest thing is the Yankee fans are known to be toxic, but they're also known to be very loyal to their players. And if they if you are good with the Yankees, you'll be you'll be recognized as a hero for the rest of your career. So if Soto comes into this team and starts playing phenomenally. There you go right there. The Yankee fans will love him forever. He'll want to stay here. He'll have nothing but great things. And that potentially can maybe lead to a contract extension. Who knows? Yeah, and only time will tell. But as I mentioned, that wasn't the only trade the Yankees made this past uh, this past week. As they also got Alex Verdugo from their arch rival, the Boston Red Sox. They gave up three pitching prospects in that trade as well. So the Yankees have unloaded some pitching in this offseason, and that's been the beauty so far of their uh, prospect system. They've had a lot of pitching depth that they've added the past couple of years. They were also able to unload some batters as well in the Soto trade. And they get Alex Verdugo, who is not known for his power. He's more of a contact hitter, which the Yankees could really, really use at this point. And it's kind of, a, in my opinion, like not a move that – is out of this world like a Juan Soto type of deal, but it's a move that could potentially help the Yankees win at the end of the day because he does what a lot of people can do sometimes. He gets on base. He is an all right outfielder, and you mentioned earlier, it gives the Yankees a really good outfield. You're going to have Verdugo in left field. Judge now will play center field, and you'll have Juan Soto in right field. So the Yankees will have a formidable outfield. Yeah, let's talk about Verdugo for a second. I had a uh, a certain Yankee fan that we all know and love saying he wasn't going to be a Yankee fan if they had traded for Verdugo. And uh, Well, keep in mind, he said if they traded Glaber Torres for Verdugo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, still trade, they still trade for him. He said, listen, he's on – listen, he was a Dodger and a Red Sox for the last couple of years, so – uh, I know he's not his, his most favorable fit. This is not this is not your quintessential Yankee player. This is more like a um, oh boy, do I dare sh- say it? The man who uh was really good for Boston and ended up getting DFA'd for the Yankees. 
do I want to invoke his name? Milesbury. Yep. Well, this is very this is very Ellsbury like. I think if, if you're a Yankee fan, so. you're hoping this is like a, a Johnny Damon type of move where. I obviously that was different because it was free agency and the same thing with Ellsbury, but Damon was a pretty solid player for the Yankees. He helped them win a championship in 09 and he provided some good things defensively and offensively. And he's also a type of player that was known for his contact hitting, not really a big power hitter, but did hit 20 plus home runs with the Yankees on a couple of occasions. So Verdugo, obviously with the short porch, will have the opportunity to do the same, but he's known for his contact. He could be a solid defender when needed be. And, even with that Trent Grisham move alongside of the Juan Soto deal, that gives the Yankees four capable outfielders, and that's really what the Yankees needed last season. They had a big depth issue in the outfield because of injuries. Now they add guys like Grisham, who's been a, a former Gold Glove Award winner. You had a guy like Verdugo that can get on base and hit around 300. Soto, obviously, could be an MVP candidate. Judge, we know, is a former MVP as well. If you're a Yankee fan, this is exciting times just because after what happened last year, an abysmal season. And they're still trying to add some big-name free agents, and especially in the pitching market, because that is now pretty essentially the last thing the Yankees realistically need to do in this offseason, just add some pitching depth, and they'll look, be, they'll look to be really good this season. Hopefully, for my sake. Hopefully, because we can't – don't count your chickens before they hatch. It can obviously change. But let's talk about the next guy that got traded, uh, Heimer Candelario going to the Reds. Well, he kind signed with big, the Reds. That was the uh, uh, that was a free agent move. Yeah, I mean, kind of a uh, kind of a big move, right? I kind was of, sorta. Well, here's what here's what I think about this this deal. Um, this is Condor- like his fifth team now. Condolario had a really good year for the um, for the Nationals, and then obviously got traded to the Cubs at the trade deadline. And he was a hot commodity at the trade deadline, and now he's going to the Cincinnati Reds. Who, let's remember. They had a very up-and-down season. At one point, we were leading the division, had a lot of hype going around them because of all the young players they had, and then they had really kind of faltered at the end of the season and missed the playoffs. You add Condelario, I don't mind it. I think the issue I have with this deal is the Reds have a lot of depth on this team, and I feel like this is going to lead to them making a trade at some point. Jonathan India has been rumored to be getting traded at some point, so maybe India gets dealt Uh in the next couple of days or weeks, but there's also been rumors of him maybe moving to DH or first base solely, because remember, they got rid of Joey Vile this past offseason, so they're going to need a first baseman. Condolaro could also play first base as well. So I don't mind the move. I just, I'm concerned that did the Reds pay a lot of money to get a guy that really, realistically, has only had, in my opinion, one really good season, and that was this past year. Now, my question for you is, uh, I guess with Heimer, is this the most sought-after 30-plus-year-old free agent that's never made an All-Star game? Because uh, I feel like, he's, like you said, there's always hype around him, but he's been a good player, but he's not a great player. He's a, he's an, I want, he's a good player. He's a switch hitter. He can play third at first. But I just don't know if he's he's never really been consistent enough for me to say... I need this guy on my team. That's what I'm saying. Like, he's, I mean, listen, I know he's a good player, but, like, have you ever seen a player that, like, you know, without the, uh, I, I guess, the history of uh, of greatness get this kind of attention before? So, I, I don't know, but 
Hopefully for the Reds' sake, that works out in their deal because they're trying to make the post the postseason next year. And I think they have a good chance considering the fact that they're in a weak division. The Brewers are starting to look like to starting to untool some of their players. Um, the Cubs are in a situation where they lost a bunch of free agents and they're trying to you know retool and try to get back into the postseason hunt. The Pirates had a really bad year last year. So the Reds are in a spot where uh, and I, forgot, I almost forgot the Cardinals. The Cardinals have also made some moves, which we'll talk about in a little bit. One of their bigger free agents signed with them pitching-wise. But the Cardinals come up a pretty disappointing year last year, and they're trying to get back into the postseason after a disastrous 2023. So the division's wide open. So for the Reds, I think the move is saying, listen, we want to we wanna stay alive in the division race. Um, I think the biggest thing they need to do now is get some pitching help because we talked about that during the season. That was a big issue for them the entire year. They need some depth in the rotation. Yeah, you're you're 100 right, and uh, we'll get more pitching towards the end of this. But let's talk about the move that went with the Diamondbacks. Eduardo Rodriguez, newest member of the Diamondbacks, kind of trying to strengthen their core. I love this move for Arizona. Cheap deal too. Yeah, for a team I, that needs to be frugal. Frugal. I mean, this is a team that just went to the World Series last year, and they added him on a four-year. Uh, $80 million contract, and it's a pretty good deal for a guy that was another hot commodity at the trade deadline. Uh, I don't remember if he made the all-star team or he at least he was not. up. He at least was up for all-star consideration. Remember, he, he, was, played for the, he played for the Detroit, so they weren't making any all-star games. Well, they have to have one representative at least, but yeah, he had a pretty good year for the Tigers up until he got injured, and then once he came back from injury, he was kind of on and off, but I think this is a good move for Arizona because... We look at the, the rotation. You see Zach Gallon. He's obviously your ace. Uh, Morel Kelly wasn't a bad number two for them, um, but they really lacked that third number, the number three starter in that rotation. And now you can make a Water Rodriguez your number two and make Morel Kelly your number three. So this gives the Diamondbacks a top three rotation uh, for this next upcoming season. And considering what the Dodgers did with Otani, they're certainly going to need the help. And you got to think what the, the Padres started potentially maybe go down, considering they lost a bunch of free agents and have made some trades. The Diamondbacks could be in a position where maybe they make a wild card a spot. Maybe they can contend with the Dodgers next season for the division. But I don't mind this move for Arizona. No, it's a good move. It's a low-risk, high-reward type of move because, listen, they have plenty of pitchers that can replace them as a rotation. Worse, he becomes a bullpen guy. Right. Yeah, so... We'll see what happens for Arizona in terms of that. Uh, the Another free agent move we saw pitching-wise, how about the Cardinals? They get Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray had a pretty good season for the Minnesota Twins this past year. Uh, was in, I believe, the top three. I don't know if he finished second or third, but I want to say third in the AL Cy Young voting. And now he's going to the St. Louis Cardinals. And we talked about I talked about it earlier. The Cardinals had a pretty disastrous 2023 they have made some moves to this offseason to add to their pitching depth, Sonny Gray being the biggest one of them all. And like I said earlier, this is a, a division in which it's pretty much wide open. Anyone, in my opinion, could win the division. And the Cardinals, they're still trying to get the best out of their players because you can see on this roster, they're kind of like in the middle of talent depth, whether it's guys that are aging or newer guys that are starting to develop and try to become the new faces of the franchise. You kind of hit the nail right on the head there. 
Uh, Sunny Gray will be a fantastic addition. Uh, I don't really think I can add much uh, to that. Other than what do you think it does for their postseason odds now? you think it solidifies it? I think it helps their rotation a lot because they that was a big issue for them last There's season. There's Pablo look- Lopez and that's it. Well, no, that was the – you're thinking of the Twins. I'm ta- oh, they, uh, gee, yeah. Yeah. That's going to hurt the Twins, yeah. obviously. In yeah, my sense. bad. I'm, I think of the Twins rotation. Yeah. I went to the Cardinals. Uh, uh, listen, the Cardinals I know rotation was, was not pretty last season. Uh, Jack Flaherty is no longer there. He got traded. Yep. Uh, is it Miles, Miles Mikolas? Was, is, he, is that it? it? So you had Miles Mikolas. I remember the Cardinals also traded Tyler O'Neill. So they're kind of like in a weird spot where – I don't know if they're selling. I don't know if they're trying to add. I, I don't really know what their exact. Uh, well, they've never been in this situation. In the last right. twenty years, they haven't been in this situation. Right. They were. They were always at the mindset of you know going out and winning championships, but because they probably don't. They're not going to bring back uh, Gumby either, Jordan Montgomery. Right. Yeah. They, remember, so, they lost, remember they traded Montgomery to the Texas Rangers, and we'll talk about Montgomery later on the show because. He's been a hot commodity for free agency wise as well, and we're still don't have no idea where he is going to potentially sign this upcoming off season. But they also added um, Kyle Gibson this off season as well to their rotation. Um, they still have Steven Matz, uh, you know Lance Lynn's there now again. I don't know. They have a weird rotation. The rotation is probably one of the oldest rotations I've seen in all of baseball in terms of age. But maybe with age comes wisdom, and maybe that helps them this season. I don't, I don't know. I like I said, I think in terms of trying to win, they're in the weakest division in baseball, in my opinion. So, or maybe at least the second weakest division. And it's certainly possible they can make it to the playoffs again this year if things go right. But everything went wrong for them last year, so you would have to think. I would say. To look out for the only way I think they're in a good spot is if they make a trade for a pitcher, because I think they should still add some more pitching depth to the team despite making some of these moves. And I guess time will only tell. And before we get into our free agency predictions, uh, we have one more, and it's kind of a minor deal. Craig Kimbrell of the Orioles, I think, he, I think his best days are behind him. He's just trying to regain his. Uh, Regain well, his composure, and they'll be able to do this on a team that's going to be high pressure, but not as much pressure. Well, think about the situation for this deal, Johnson. Remember, Felix Bautista is out for the season with Tommy John surgery, so this is right. pretty much a prove it and make make it worth the deal for Kimbrel. He now becomes a guy that was on the Phillies last year. Obviously, it went very up and down for him in terms of saving. He caught, he was very Jekyll and Hyde, I guess is the best terminology for it. But now he goes to the Orioles and. Essentially gives them more bullpen help, and I think that's big considering he's had the postseason experience before. Now, I'm not sure if he's going to be the closer for this upcoming season for Baltimore. They could, you know, use Yanir Cano as well, who was pretty good for them this season. Um, I think it would be between those two, but Kimball definitely gives you the experience of postseason baseball that considering what the Orioles had this past off uh, postseason, they didn't have that. On their team, they had pretty much all their pitchers had not pitched in the postseason before, and getting a guy like Kimbrel who has pitched in the postseason before on multiple occasions that could certainly help them. Yeah, no, it's definitely going to help him because they've he's going to be kind of the grizzly vet, as strange as that sounds for that clubhouse, that that bullpen. Um, 
I don't know. It's uh, it's gonna be a weird situation there. I'm not really sure how I feel about it. Yeah, I think, I think the only time will tell. I think the Orioles still need to make a trade for a starting pitcher because I think that is the, you know, the last thing that is concerning for the team. I think if they were able to get a guy like Dylan Sees or Corbin Burns, a Glass now, a Shane Bieber type of player, you need an ace for that rotation. If they can get an ace for that rotation. That could give the Orioles a lot of momentum, considering what the Yankees just did this postseason and what the Rangers have going on for them, the Astros. The Orioles need to make a statement in order to keep alive in the AL race. Right, and remember, with all this young talent, uh, anything less than a World Series championship is going to be a failure with all this homegrown talent, right? especially with what they're adding in the offseason. Because remember, like we reported earlier last season, at some point they're going to have to play, play, you know, Play, pay these players. I can't even speak right now. They had to pay the players at some point, and who knows they're going to be able to do that. There was rumors that they might have to trade some players down the line because they might not have money to do it. So it's got to be now or never. And I, and with that being said, uh, going into our final, I, I guess the final section of our uh, of our show. Let's talk about the top remaining free agents right now. And I'll let you, uh, I guess I'll let you start with that. So there's, I would say there's about, there's still some big free agents, but for the time constraints of the show, there's pretty much seven big free agents that I have here left. I mentioned also some guys that are also available for trades, guys like Dylan Sees, Corbin Burns, Tyler Glassnow, uh, Randy Rosarina are also potentially on the move. For this upcoming season, they are currently on the trade market. So that could also play into a factor for some of these free agent moves that we currently have going on. But there's still some seven big there's still pretty much some big free agents left in this MLB offseason, despite the Otani move and the Juan Soto trade. And I think it's a perfect time to, to try to decide where some of these guys will go for this upcoming MLB season. And with that Get I on. guess with that being said, I'll start off. And I know I've heard this multiple times. Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Did I get that right? I think you did. Wow, I did it. First try. Heard the name a million times and never actually said it out loud. Uh, <laughs> where do you think he's going to go? I think, personally, everything's pointing to the Yankees. Because now, Brian Cashman has said he wants to make baseball New York the baseball mecca. And the only way he can do that is by hitting back and getting uh, Yamamoto and not letting him become a Dodger. So I'm going to say he's going to be a Yankee. Okay. Uh, This is tough because I think the rumors have been Yankees, Dodgers. I've heard Mets as well. It's pretty much a three-team race in my opinion. The Giants are also in the mix as well. So maybe it's more of a four-team race for Yamamoto. Um, The biggest thing for this is this. The Yankees have said they need to get another starting pitcher. They need someone after Garrett Cole to be that number two guy. Uh, Rodon, they tried last season, obviously did not work out. Hopefully he bounces back for my own sake this year. Um, The Mets obviously could have an advantage getting Yamamoto because they have Senga, so maybe that could help them in negotiations. The Giants, obviously, and the Dodgers are on the West Coast, and now the Giants, obviously the Dodgers, now have Otani. So that could certainly help them in this case. Uh, It's... It's really tough to decipher for me who I think can get Yamamoto. I think for biasy reasons, I would say the Yankees will get him. 
Um, because the Yankee fans have I've said all we want for Christmas is Yamasoto. We've got a one part of that. Can we get the other? We'll probably mush it and say I'm gonna say the Yankees, but if I had to not say the Yankees, Johnson, I think the Mets get him. Um, I think it's between the Yankees and the Mets. Okay, good one. Uh Cody Bellinger. I think he's gonna be a Yankee. Like I said, really? uh, copy paste, don't care. Uh, I know you got Verdugo. I know you have Juan Soto. I know you have. Uh, I know you have uh, Aaron Judge. Obviously, put him at first base. Could put him Cody at first. Bellinger. Yeah. So, and that's gonna be me mushing the Yankees. So you're welcome, everybody. Give me Cody Ballinger on the Yankees. I'm not even a Yankee fan, but the move makes too much sense. I don't know about the San Francisco Giants. Oh, okay. Um, they have been burned a lot these last couple of off seasons. And I think if they lose Yamamoto, that's another that's gonna be another situation where they get burned on it. And they need to make a splash. And I think getting Bellinger is the splash that they need. Because let's face it, they need a face of the franchise right now. You have a new manager coming in, you gotta get someone to bring to the ballpark. Bellinger could essentially be that guy. And to think that him being on the Giants, he could get some revenge maybe on his former team, the Dodgers, also as well most of the time in the in the uh, season. I think it would make a lot of sense for the Giants to give him a lot of money. I just think, as much as I would like to see him as a Yankee and I want it to happen at the trade deadline, I just don't think they're going to be able to do that at this point. And I could really see Bellinger signing kind of like maybe a team-friendly deal with the Giants to give them another opportunity to sign some other big free agent. All righty, Ben. Blake Snell. I have him become the newest ace of the Seattle Mariners. Stays on the really? West Coast, goes to a team that wants to be a contender, at least make the playoffs. Makes a lot of sense. I... Also from Seattle, so that helps. Yeah. Hmm. Well, here's my thing. I think, to me, if the if the Dodgers don't get Yamamoto... Then they're going to go out to Blake Snell next. So I have Blake Snell going to the Dodgers. And that would really sting the Padres, considering he just won the Cy Young with San Diego, but they can't really afford to bring him back. The Dodgers, obviously, we just spoke about the Otani deferrals. Otani's getting paid $2 million per year at this rate. So this is, a, this is a monster bargain for the Dodgers at this point. They're going to have money to spend, and I think they spend it on Blake Snell if they don't get Yamamoto. Okay, the next team guy we have is Jordan Montgomery. And spoiler alert, he's going to stay a Texas Ranger. Do you think he goes back? I think he goes back. I heard um, the rumor that he's not going back. I listen. I mean, listen. We all, we heard a lot of rumors this off season. Okay, I know fair. he might. I know he might get a. Uh, he might get priced out because of the uh, the uncertainty regarding the advertising, and they may not be able to pay him. But this is just all water under the bridge right now. If not, I could see him being a New York Met. Okay. Comes back to New York, plays for the Crosstown Rivals with a team that kind of spurned them. Would be uh, would be a good heel move, in my opinion. It's funny you said that, because I think Jordan Montgomery does become a New York Met. Okay. The, the Mets, here's what I'm thinking. If the Mets strike out on Yamamoto, I don't think they get Blake Snell. I think Montgomery would make a little sense for them, because they're going to need someone in that rotation to... Help out for Senga. They need they gotta give Senga some help right now in the rotation because they really don't essentially don't have that right now after him. And I think Montgomery could do that. He just saw what he did in the World Series and for the postseason for the, the Rangers. He had a pretty good stretch. Uh he obviously knows how to pitch in New York as well. He did pretty good for the Yankees for the most part. 
So I think you there's a proven track record with him. I think it would make a lot of sense for him to go back to New York, but with the New York Metropolitans. And next guy we have here, this is the only one I was really uncertain of uh, with this last couple. Matt Chapman, I think he's going to stay at Blue Jay. I, I don't see any team that needs third base desperately uh, or really any kind of middle infield because Matt Chapman in April is fantastic, but Matt Chapman the rest of the year is eh. So That's if we're fair. just counting, if we're counting, you know, early season Matt Chapman, then 30 teams want him. Uh, but I don't know what his what his offers or what his market's going to look like. So I think he goes back to Toronto. I'm going to go with Chicago Cubs. I think you're going to lose Bellinger potentially. Um, you're going to want some offense for that team. Uh, I hate to, you know, this also could be biased that putting some of these players away from the Blue Jays considering that they're losing a lot in this offseason already. And now they're going to potentially lose their starting third baseman. But I could see the Cubs going after some big name free agent. They need to try to bring some fight to that team. They had a really bad end of the season last year. Could have made the playoffs and they faltered at the end. You have a new manager in Craig Council. I think getting Chapman would be a good move to try to get them in there because they have a nice young team that could get to the postseason. And if they add some pitching depth, maybe a Tyler Glass now, the Cubs could be a team to threaten with in the NL next year. All right, I like that. Uh, Second of the last guys we have here, Josh Hader, uh, newest member of the St. Louis Cardinals. Cardinals got to get someone, man. And uh, like I said, the pitching's pretty abysmal. But if they can get through a uh, a game and they need to hold on that lead, Josh Hader is probably the best closer on the market available. And they're going to throw, I don't want to say back of the brink truck for him, but they're going to give him a lot of money. See, I think you'll appreciate what the team I'm going to say that he's going to go to. I haven't gone to the Texas Rangers. Think about that for Texas. You win the World Series. I don't think they can afford it, though. That's why. You can't afford it. They'll figure something out because, remember, you're in Texas. You're going to have a higher payroll for that team. So they'll be able to afford a deal for Hayter, especially if they miss out on Montgomery. They're not going to be paying him. There's probably some other ways they could get rid of some money as well. I think the Texas Rangers will make it work out because, let's face facts, what was a big issue for Texas? I know they won the World Series, but they need a lockdown closer. Jose LeClerc is fine, but he's not that lockdown guy that you need every out, you know, every time going out there. Hader gives you that opportunity, and Hader would thrive, in my opinion, in Texas. A team that just came off a world championship, you add a guy like Hader, that could give you another opportunity to win even more world championships. All righty, Ben, I like it. And I guess the last team we have here is Jung Ho Lee, the outstanding Korean baseball outfielder. And with that being said, they need a cheaper option here than Juan Soto, so I haven't gone to the Padres. I also haven't gone to the Padres. Uh, West Coast guy makes sense for him getting. I know he's from, he's born in Japan, but he is South Korean, so he can get back home nice and easy. Uh, doesn't have to go to the East Coast of the United States where they had six, seven hours to his flights. Um, so makes a lot of sense for him and uh, makes a lot of sense for the Padres. I'm glad uh, glad, glad we kind of agree on that one. Only only yeah. two bushes, which isn't bad. Yeah, I could, I could see the Padres giving him a really, you know, relatively cheap deal that gives them enough flexibility for their payroll next season. I think it makes too much sense because they've been rumored for, to be late to him for a while, ever since the 
we're going to trade Juan Soto. I think it just makes more, so much sense for the Padres to do that. I think if the only other team that he would go to may be Toronto, because the Blue Jays have to do something in free agency to amend for some of the guys they've already missed out on and some of their players they've already lost in free agency. So the Blue Jays would be a second team for me if they don't if the lead doesn't go to San Diego. So the Blue Jays are going to be the bridesmaid, not the bride for this entire offseason. They're going to be last year's San Francisco Giants, is what I'm essentially telling you. you Yikes, out on that is not, a, that is you not possible. You missed out on Judge, Correa. You missed out on all those players. That's right oh, now. Godspeed. And, I hope it doesn't happen to them. To be fair, that's happened to the Blue Jays. They've already missed out on Otani and Juan Soto. So it's been a rough start. Yikes. But um, before we wrap up tonight's show, anything, uh, any final words that you have? Obviously, we'll give another update of free agency once some of these players go down, and we'll do our final uh, MLB update uh, show before we go into next season's preview show. But any final words for tonight? No final words from me, but just uh, I'm excited for baseball to be back in a couple of months. Yeah. Especially if the Yankees can get a, uh, I'm already excited for baseball considering they got one. The Yankees got Juan Soto, so for me personally, it's exciting. I know you have uh, a new president of baseball operations as well, and a new GM, so I, I know you're excited to see what your team holds as well. We're about uh, to beat Tampa Bay on steroids. Hopefully, for your case, that's the that's the uh, the situation that goes down. But should be a you know interesting next couple of weeks and couple of months here in the world of professional baseball before we get into the 2024 MLB season. But that is going to do it for this edition of the All Gas and All Break Sports Show. Be sure to tune into our next episode that will happen this week as we will recap this past week's NFL uh, uh, Week 14. And certainly out a wild Week 14, Johnson. Without that, we'll have to get into this next show. But for this show, MLB Free Agency has started to heat up, and there's still a lot more to unfold and seeing what teams can get closer to a World Series championship. This has been Nicholas Pavona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson with the All Gas and All Break Sports Show. Have a great rest of your week.